the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show, the first Friday of 2018. Feels kind of like the last Friday of 2017. Although the calendar's different. I guess one thing that's a little different uh, in studio with me for at least a portion of today's program is James Blend, who is uh, the producer of this program. It's not often that you occupy the chair across the table from the host. Well, that's because it's Friday. It's late. It's been a busy week. I'm tired, exhausted, and I refuse to get up and get out before the show. (laughs) Well, there is that. Also, Clark Hilton is engineering today's program, and as is typically the case, at some point he's going to weigh in as well. We're going to get into a thorny subject involving Oregonians here in just a moment. But before we get to that, let me ask you, James, any New Year's resolution? I say New Year's. It's not New Year's. It's New Year resolutions. Um, I mean, I guess it could be New Year's if you put the apostrophe there and make it possessive, but uh, that's beside the point. Um, you know, I typically don't make them. Um, I'm I'm kind of one of those people that believe every date can be a new start, you know, for whatever you're trying to do, whether it be, you know, getting, you know, starting, you know, don't wait to start reading the Bible daily until the 1st of January kind of thing. <laughs> don't wait to start going. Of December. Yeah, don't wait to start going to the gym you know, on January 1st. Or, you Why know, are you be, looking at me when you say that? Because we're having a conversation and we're making eye contact. Would you rather I made distant eye contact with no one in particular <laughs> looking out the glass window across our palatial parking lot? Yes. Hey, James. Yes, I would. Yes, James, Clark. Ask her when she's going to use that uh, treadmill that's in her office. You mean, or as I call it, the dust gathering experiment? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, yep, let's that's... let's just clarify for a moment. You can't use that excuse I anymore. We're tre- done with this. I purchased a treadmill for my office. When? It wasn't when? in there. T- when? It's About a, a year months. ago. No, it's, About only, a been, year it's ago. only been a couple of it months. It was actually right after the but Christmas break last year. No, it wasn't. It yeah. was much later than that. Yeah. But anyway. Okay, maybe it February. Wasn't, it, it wasn't in my office set up 10 minutes, not 10 minutes. And Clark came couple in days. to admire the treadmill and he broke it. Okay, it, the, what he broke was a part that has nothing to do with its functioning. But nonetheless... It was the off button that he, I broke. <laughs> he broke so in other it. words, it would mean she'd have to use it more? No, Probably. He, he broke it. So I contacted the manufacturer. <laughs> <laughs> I contacted Clark, the manufacturer. That part saying, of the story I didn't know. Okay. This is good. This is good. I contacted mm. the manufacturer, and I and there, in addition to the part that he broke, there was also another part that was, um, there were two leg, two feet that were for the same side. There needed to be a foot on right, much one like, of each side. So Much like Daniel Day-Lewis or whatever, it had oh, two left feet. Right. How exactly. interesting that you never told me about this yes, part. This part I knew of. This is, uh, Clark, this is the half of the story mm. I knew. <laughs> Anywho, um, so we I contacted the manufacturer. We need to get together more often, Clark. Let's do lunch next I week. I think so. And I I'm said, open. I need this part. And then this other part was broken, and she was very... Sympathetic. Oh, absolutely. And they get your information. She took the information and said, we'll send that right out to you. Well, it's been six months now. Twelve months. And I Ten, haven't heard... <laughs> at least. Okay. It hasn't been that long. I haven't heard a thing from them. And so it's broken. Uh, it doesn't have the two feet that it needs to settle on the floor. And also the 
on-off button, which was uh, broken by Clark, 10 minutes after I bought it. No, it was just the panic not. button that was broken, the well, off button. You can turn it on. panic just, button. Well, yeah. The, 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 the question I have here, obviously, is, you know, you know, I book interviews for the show on a daily basis. Is yeah. that correct? I make phone calls on your behalf on a daily basis yeah. to get guests on the show. When the publicist or the, the person we're trying to interview doesn't call us back right away, what do you typically ask of me? Yes. W- would that be a follow-up call? Yes, there was a follow-up call, a reassurance that it was on its way, and I've still not received anything. I, you know, there's an old mm. adage. I'm trying to remember something squeaky about a squeaky wheel. wheel. Yes. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Whose idea was it to have the two of you in on the show today? I think it was yours. I've this already is great. started 2018 Best show ever. <laughs> with a weight of regret that I've carried into the studio. You're kind of in a, well, you, no, 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 no. So now you're kind of stuck in this place, aren't you, where it's too late to send it back. Yes. Yep. But you're probably never going to get it fixed. I'm now. never going to get those so parts. So it's, it's either a place where you're going to hang your belongings or you're eventually going to have to have it hauled out of here, aren't Well, you? what I've decided is yes. I'm going to try to use it in its current state. Now, I might All not right. be able to turn Oregon. the thing off since... Clark broke it 10 minutes after I purchased the thing and assembled it, <laughs> but at least I can get on it. I'm going to try that and see if with the uh, missing foot, I can still use it because I did make, it's not really a, a resolution, but I just resolved that 2018, I'm not going to be a fat girl. That's so, my resolution. And today, in fact, mm-hmm. I took my first baby steps in that direction. I'm not going to go into detail, but I've made arrangements. Huh? Now, now the the other thing, uh, Clark. I'm eating carrots. <laughs> what, what, I, I think for future reference, we should probably give Georgine this this information. What, what do you okay. think a not used but slightly missing parts with a broken power off button? What do you think that goes for on Craigslist these days? Because she may need that in the near future. Uh, probably seventy five bucks, fifty wow. at a garage sale. Really tough yeah. room. Tough room. Really tough room. Sorry, when you've seen that thing and repeatedly bumped your elbow into it, <laughs> you know how many times it's hit my funny bone? I'm just saying. Well, quite I, a few. I have to admit, when I got it, one of the reasons I chose that one in particular, I have a small office and it was a small treadmill. It is a small treadmill. I thought, this is perfect. Well, not so much. It was inexpensive, it was small. It was a piece of junk, and it's in the way. I, I'd like to point something out, too, because you've brought up many times on this show how I broke your treadmill. Ten minutes after I, I set it up. Uh-huh. I pressed the button, and it fell into the machine. The glue was not holding it. It's not well, like I... That does seem to be a workmanship issue yeah, there. That, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give well, no, Clark the button was already installed. I didn't have to do anything to install no, I'm the not, I'm, when I, I'm talking about the, the yeah. workmanship at the factory. I'm not blaming the assembler well, on, just, on site. You're making me look bad, G, and really it's... Well, that's not my just, intention. Oh, I, mean, I think it is. The fact that <laughs> 10 minutes after I set it up, you pressed the button and it fell off, I don't think that's a reflection on your character. I don't even I think, think Verity could have broken that fast. But you're stronger than you think you are, that you are such a manly man that simply touching the button, there were such force applied. I started lifting weights again last year. Could well, be. see, there you Could go. Be, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, today's program... Have you program, graduated uh, to two pounds yet, Clark? <laughs> um, well, well... Okay. <laughs> I did 20 push-ups the other day. I'm still recovering, but... Anyway, I've made I arrangements too, for you. They have the I've made arrangements. ice cream in them. Four months yes. from now. Four months from now. I want to invite the two of you back. And I want you to just say, wow, you kept that, uh, you kept that commitment and look at you now. As we sneeze from the dust on the okay, treadmill. Okay, so today is <laughs> yeah. Today is January fifth, 
What is four weeks from now? Uh, four see, months. That, I'm sorry. Four, four months. months from now. So essentially, uh, January, February, March, March April. April. So would it be April or May. Let's go with April. Let's okay, go April. April fifth ish. April. 5th-ish. I want the two of you back in here, and I want you to say, "Wow, the treadmill's been working, and you look great. You're half the woman you used to be." Huh? I'll, I'll tell you what. Either because I'll I have dementia in, or I've lost weight. I'll come in and say that next week if you actually use the thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a, a very tough room. We're going to talk about the fact that Oregon has been in the national spotlight. In fact, we have become the nation's laughing stock. But do we deserve that label? Now, I know our neighbors to the south, to the north, rather, they may be chuckling at us as well. But we're going to talk about this whole thing about whether or not Oregonians are capable of pumping their own gas, or if we're just too bougie to want to. So all of that, when we return, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back 21 minutes after 4 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Sadly, both James Blend and uh, Clark Hilton are here with me as well <laughs> on this first Friday show of 2018. They're, you invited us. I did. I, it's true. I have to really rethink that one. Cause, wow. By invitation only. Well, guys, I wanted to talk a little bit about this um, Oregon shaming that we've been uh, under. The Internet has been mocking Oregonians over the uh, new self-service <laughs> gas law. Part of the problem was Oregonians didn't really know, first of all, that there was a law passed and the limitations of it. In fact, back in, what was it, 2015, there was a law passed that allowed... In certain hours, people to pump their own gas in some of the smaller counties. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is sort of an expansion of that. And as I read um, people posting on the Internet early on, people in Portland were, man, we have to pump our own gas now. I'm not sure how to do it. So maybe we should begin by just talking about uh, what the law is uh, is all about. It there actually, are a lot of misconceptions. There are. Uh, it was passed by the legislature in May of 2017, and what it does is, it was signed uh, by Kate Brown in June, it allows uh, Oregon counties with fewer than 40,000 residents to pump their own gas now 24 hours a day. Now, before the law that in 2016, that allowed during certain hours. You know, it's, it's hard in a, a rural area to keep uh, staff 24 hours a day or during the Working hours, so it allowed people to uh, pump their own gas under some limited circumstances. This just expands it, so it really has an impact on a very small percentage of Oregonians. What did you tell me earlier? Something like seven percent, James? Yeah, it's something like that. It's uh, and there's a county. I mean, a county map. I think it's what thirteen counties total, mm-hmm. and none of them are really anywhere of um, near populated areas. There are a couple that are on the coast, but most of them are like the the southern eastern. Yeah. Basically, east of uh, Medford, you know, a couple hundred miles east. Harney County, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the stations within those areas say, we're still going to provide attendance to pump the gas. So it's it's optional for them. And a lot of them are saying, yeah, we're going to keep doing what we've always done. Uh, but there's been sort of a general panic that's been overstated. And now... Um, As if without warning whatsoever, on January 1st, all of the full attend- service attendance vanished in some sort of uh, vanishing of gas station attendance, and we're all <laughs> left to our own resources to make our tanks full. Yeah. The humanity. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> well, it all started with a Facebook post uh, by a Medford news station. And by the way, Medford, I don't think there are any counties in Medford that actually qualify. There are not. Anyway, the, uh, the post went viral as the uh, Internet decided to have some fun with Oregonians uh, and our response to the thought of pumping our own gas. Uh, it, it begs the question that has been asked in Oregon many, many times, should we pump our own gas? And Oregonians have resoundingly said time and time again, with the exception of these rural areas, no, we want to have attendance. There are good reasons for that. About 10,000 people uh, find their employment at gas stations. A lot of people just don't uh, don't want to do it. So we've answered that question over and over again. But I'll ask it in the context of this, uh, this latest um, series of events. Should Oregonians, would you prefer to pump your own gas. You know, the thing too, if I'm not mistaken, I believe New Jersey is still the only other state Mm -hmm. in the entire country that uh, restricts self-service gas. Um, It's one of those things that I feel like is um, up there, right up there with the sales tax and don't touch this territory. Um, For me personally, I've only lived in Oregon the last 10 years or so. Um, I never had a problem with pumping my own gas when I lived in Washington uh, didn't have to pump my own gas. I was too young to do so when I lived in New York. But um, the uh, the thing that I, that I was telling, alluding to earlier, the only incident I ever had at a gas pump was about a month after I moved to Oregon. Yeah. It was morning. I had not slept well the night before. I got out of the car to pay for the gas, you know, in the in the machine that's in there because you have to type in your own pin if you're using a debit card. So you card. had to go into the station not to pay? Not into the station. It was at the pump. It okay. Was, you pay at the pump, but they pump for you. Okay. You know, fairly common. And so I paid for it, got back in my car. The guy had already started the pump and had walked away. So I didn't, you know, no one in my peripheral vision. Brain clicked. Oh, you're done. I turned the car key and drive off. Oh, my. Oh, no. <laughs> With the hose still in my car. The hose was still in the car when... And but... on. <laughs> I mean, did you pull it off the tank? It didn't come off the tank. Oh. I didn't I didn't come off that. And of okay. course, that's when the guy came running back, and I was like... Hey! <laughs> I was so mortified that I never... It was the closest gas station to my apartment at the time. I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> now, was it, Ever. was it a pump that automatically turns, <clears throat> excuse me, turns the gas off? So Yeah, there was no spillage. Oh, my there, goodness. Oh, there was really good. no spillage. So I think that's one of the things people are afraid of, <clears throat> that if I don't pump it right and I take it out, there's going to be gas flying everywhere. Well, I mean, there there are ways, I mean, if you do it absolutely wrong, where the problem could be on your car's end, where you, you know, hit, because some of them have an escape valve, if you will, for overflowing Mm-hmm. Your tank. So, I mean, you could hypothetically, if you really, really, really overfilled, but as, you know, as long as you pay attention to when that handle goes click, uh, which you figure out pretty well. But you, easy. you have to have done it to know that it goes click. Yeah, I mean, you but, have to have done it to know anything. I mean, when I yeah, did it the first do. time, and it was only a few years ago, when I did it the first time, I had no idea what to expect. I put the pump into the, the tank. And nothing happened. I tried holding the thing up, and it, it, nothing would happen. I didn't realize there's that other thing that comes up and kind of locks it into place. But it took me 15 minutes, and I kind of looked around thinking, surely someone is going to look sympathetically on this Oregon driver's uh, license or Oregon's license and, you know, come and kind of help me. But there were no instructions. There was nothing. And I just stood there feeling incredibly foolish. You were just on someone's YouTube video. <laughs> Probably. You know what? What uh, I still get nervous about is besides breaking people's workout equipment <laughs> ten minutes after it's been set up. <laughs> Other than that, you mean that's never going to go away. Pretty much not. So you didn't I've think always, it would, did you? <laughs> I, well, I thought after our last segment that this would be <laughs> oh, done. Oh, bless your heart! So naive. <laughs> All right. 
Apparently I am. So what I always get a little nervous about, because if we're driving to Seattle, I'll usually have to hit the gas station on the way back in Centralia mm-hmm. or something, is um, I'm afraid to kind of leave it. So I just end up squeezing the trigger the whole time. I mean, I know you can lock it in, but there's always this part of me that thinks that oh, thing— you walk away— yeah, this thing is going to just overflow. I will have done something wrong, and I'm going to have gas all over my car, wrecking my paint. It's yeah. a little irrational. It, but it, it's, it, I have, it's funny because, uh, you know, having lived most of my life in states that have self-service, I, I'm comfortable leaving the pump. But there are certain times when you go, go to a gas station and you just look and go, it's been a while since they changed this pump. That, <laughs> that, that handle was a little harder to deal with than yeah. I thought it should have been. And that's when I will do the exact same thing. Going, either, oh, I'm going to wait. Have either okay. of you seen the movie The Birds? There's a gas station and there's a little diner and all the people that are the main characters mm-hmm. are in the diner. And something happens and somehow the pump comes out of the car and it's flying all around. There's gas flying all around. There's a man off in the distance and he's not uh, at the gas station, but he's near enough that the fumes uh, catch fire when he lights his cigarette. That's what I think about when I pull up in (laughs) Vancouver and I'm about to do the whole gas thing. I think about the birds and something's going to happen. The pump's going to go flying. Someone off in the distance is going to light a match to to smoke a cigarette, and that's the end of that. And then the there, birds there, come in. There's a viral video f- going around these days. <laughs> I don't know, Clark, if you've seen this. Where It's from uh, Russia, and it's a couple years old, but it's kind of been making the rounds again, as viral videos often do. Um, they never go away. They just come back in another cycle. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's a gas station, and where they are, a guy gets out of the car and, starts, and, and lights up a, a cigarette as soon as he gets out of the car at the pump. And oh. you see the attendant tell him, you know, don't, no, no, no. Yet, and yet, then, yet. Exactly. And then walks away and comes back with a fire extinguisher and hosed him in foam. It's a <laughs> hilarious Are video. Are there birds involved? If they were, they got foam too. <laughs> well, we want to give you an opportunity to weigh in on this whole uh, controversy uh, regarding Oregonians pumping their own gas. Have you ever had to do it? Are you from a state where it was a regular thing? And how do you feel about the possibility, which is not going to happen in Oregon anytime soon, of having to pump your own gas? Are you incompetent? Are Oregonians generally just too, um, I don't know, we're too hoity-toity to pump our own gas? Oh, I got a story for you about about that. uh, Are you concerned about the employment of the attendants? Anyway, we'll get into all of that and give you an opportunity to weigh in. The telephone number, toll-free, 1-800-845-2162, 800-845-2162, or... You can call us at 503-786-9390, 503-786-9390. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. That's me, Georgine, James, and Clark. We're talking about uh, pumping gas in Oregon and whether or not you think it's a good idea. Now, in rural areas, it's now legal to do so. It's hard to staff some of the stations out in rural areas. Uh, but there's been a big brouhaha, and Oregon has become the laughing stock all around the country. We wanted to give you an opportunity to weigh in. Let's uh, talk to Lori. Hey, Lori, you're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hello. Hi. So what do you think? I personally don't have a problem with pumping my own gas. Um, I did grow up in a state where you did pump your own gas, and in my family, it was kind of a rite of passage to be able to put gas in mom and dad's car when you hit about 10 or 12. I can see that as a kid. That would be a fun thing to be able to do. Yeah. So are you in an Oregonian or are you a Washingtonian? I live in Oregon. Do you miss uh, pumping gas? 
Sometimes I do, because um, sometimes it's quicker to get in, pump your gas, yeah. and on, versus waiting in line for whatever's taking so long, whether it's short of a shortage of attendance or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point, because I often find that I'm waiting in line at the pump, but the, the uh, gas is not being pumped because there are too many people and too few attendants. Hey, appreciate the call, Lori. All right. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Let's uh, let's talk to Cindy and find out what she thinks. Cindy, are you an Oregonian or a Washingtonian? I live in Bywood. So what do you think about this whole um, pumping gas thing in Oregon? I believe that some of the people that come from other states get here, and all of a sudden they want sales tax, and then they want um, self-serve. They want all these things, and it's kind of aggravating. My husband and I were involved with Colonel Dale Brown out in Boring, and um, he uh, he fought self-service gas for many, many years at the legislature and what have you, because his issue was um, the seniors, for one thing, you know, being older and, and saying, well, we will always have somebody there to pump the gas if you need to. And then another thing was the jobs. And when I was involved in it, we got to talk to people up in Washington because we were advocates for the, you know, no self-serve. And they said that they wished so, so bad that they could go back to that because the entry-level jobs ended up going away, like 50,000 jobs they lost when they decided that they were going to do that. And um, I also don't like the idea of having to leave my kids in the car and go inside to pay. And so, um, and of course, you can use the credit card and what have you on the outside. But there's a lot of things that really, I, I like to be different, too. I like the fact that Oregon has that and, and New Jersey has that. And it gives us just a little bit of um, my relatives come and visit and stuff like that. Oh, this is so great. We don't have to get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's neat. But I, I, I really do, I'm getting really, really tired of people, like I said, not to be redundant, but coming from somewhere else here to get away with some of their, um, you know, some of the things that they've got going on. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> somebody's excited. So keep yeah. Oregon, Oregon. <laughs> hey. Yes, please. And go away. If you don't like it, stay home and go back. Thanks for the call, Cindy. Bye-bye. Hey, Cindy you know what? And, uh, and dog. It's cold and flu season. I do not want to go outside and touch that pump. Well, that's you could bring a wipe with you, Monk. Yeah, well, yes, or gloves. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then I've got to carry extra gear around just to pump gas. Well, it's just a nice convenience how, how that do you, you don't have how, to. How do you exist outside your little plastic bubble, Clark? I, I really don't get it sometimes. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's called living life. Take a risk. <laughs> now, it's, some people are critical of Oregonians because we just think we're too good to get out of the car and, and reach in well, and, and handle the pump. So, you know, sports rivalries are pretty big, and uh, the Seattle-Portland rivalry especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and soccer really has probably hit a more acrimonious note than uh, some of the other sports around town. But I remember early on in the rivalry, uh, a game was up in Seattle, and one of the Seattle fans is holding a sign that says, Real men pump their own gas. Wow, they, them's uh, fighting words. Wow. They, uh, that's, they, that's, that's, yeah, they, no, that's not cool. They uh, cruised around with the camera and later came upon someone whose sign says, but real men don't have to. Ooh. Yeah. So we can be a little hoity-toity in Oregon, I think, about that. <laughs> real men don't have to, which, of course, is... You know, and it's it's women. worth pointing out too in this day, day and age where you know, let's face it, every budget shortfall that the state seems to have gets tacked onto the gas tax. Yeah. Uh, this this is a luxury that we do pay for. That let, let's be honest, the gas stations aren't doing out of the goodness of their hearts. 
it's coming down on the gas prices. Yeah, that's true. And so we, we pay for that service. Hey, our telephone number is 503-786-9390. 503-786-9390. Want to give you an opportunity to weigh in on whether or not you like the idea that we don't pump our own gas. In most of Oregon, there's, there, are, there is now an exception that started on the 1st of uh, 2018, the 1st of January. But for most of us in most of the larger towns and cities, I think about 7% uh, are excluded in the rural areas. Uh, we still have the luxury of having our gas pumped for us. We want to know what you think. Are you uh, mortified at the thought of having to pump your own gas? Do you think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread for the state of Oregon? And are you uh, tired of being made fun of by others? 503-786-9390. I think for me, one of the things that's most fascinating about the story is not the story itself. It's the story about the story and how this is blown up into a national and to some level international story. Um, just today, in fact, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation called the station looking to see called if somebody here. called uh-huh. here, called here, called the radio station, wondering if anybody um, would be willing to talk about the new Oregon gas law. <laughs> so our neighbors to the, the to the to the north, they're they're watching us at this point. Um, it, I find it fascinating that it's getting so much attention. The late night talk show hosts are talking about it. It's all over the internet. There's just absolutely comical tweets and Facebook posts from people who don't know what to think about this. And, you know, it, it's gotten this international attention. I'm um, not sure it's the best attention, but, uh, you know, any time you can get into the international news and have it not related to Tanya Harding, it may be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, Tanya Harding, Portlandia. It's back in the news the anyway. Naked bike ride. It, it's probably yeah. a, a good thing. Again, 786-9390, 503-786-9390. Philip, you're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. So Thanks you, for answering my call. Yeah, what do you think about this uh, idea of self-serve gasoline as opposed to what Oregonians do, and that's have it served up? Uh, well, I moved here about a year ago with my wife from, from Hawaii, ah. and in Hawaii we got to pump it ourselves. But um, I couldn't believe it when I saw it, but I kind of like it myself. Um, it's different, and uh, sometimes change is good, but what I like most about it is I get to... Um, I always pray with my gas attendants or at least witness to them. Well, there you and go. A, yeah, and a good opportunity to um, be generous. You know, I always leave them tips and try to brighten up their day a little bit. And um, other than that, the one thing I don't like about it is I can't get that extra millimeter of gas. A couple more miles. Well, and of course, the, one of the differences has to be that in, in Hawaii, it's not bad to get out of your car at this time of year, whereas, uh, you know, here, it, most of us would rather not. That's where I <laughs> learned how to pretty much pump gas was in Hawaii myself. Uh, Philip, love you. Great to have you in Oregon. But why in the world did you move here from there? <laughs> It's just too expensive over there. Yeah, now. that's fair. fair. Yeah, gas is four fifty over there. So. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Ouch. But wow. um, we like it here. It's a good move, and uh, not the warmest welcome. But we don't <laughs> tell people we're from Hawaii anymore. We <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome and uh, thanks yeah, for aloha. calling. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys. uh, Have a good weekend. You too. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll continue our conversation. We are talking about. Go ahead and take. Uh, you telling me to take two? Okay, so let's uh, let's talk to John. John, we got two minutes. What do you think? Okay, you got me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm I moved up here from Alabama, and uh, it's a little bit different there. They have. Uh, I, I, I don't like it in Oregon where they force you to have make somebody pump for you. 
And uh, I like the idea back home, they had, you got the choice. They had it advertised really big, full service or self-service. You got to pick which gas station you went to. If you went, if you wanted somebody to pump your gas for you, you went to the full service. They would hustle around. They'd check your oil and clean off your windshield. And you could give them a little bit of a tip if they really hustled. And uh, I like that a lot better than the fact that where you have to wait in line mm-hmm. and wait for the guy to come around to pump for you. I wouldn't mind having the option. I do like that idea because sometimes when you're in a hurry and a gas station is busy and you're sitting at the pump and there's nobody there to connect you, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a bit of a waste of time. So I think I'd like the idea of, a, of an option. Uh, growing yeah. up in New York, that was com- really common as well, and it was, it's always a nice option. Yeah, you do pay a little extra for the extra service, but uh, you also get a lot more, I think, uh, for for that extra little money. I mean, very rarely do I get a windshield wiped anymore. Yeah. I can't remember ever being asked to, you know, can I check your oil? I actually... Uh, most of your callers have all, all said, well, I don't want to pump my gas. Well, if you had the choice, what Oregon is doing is... Uh, about with the mandatory gas pumping is taking my choice from me. If I want to pump my gas, I want I want to pump it. If I if I feel like if it's pouring down rain, I'd, I'd rather just drive into a full service. But give give you the option. Exactly. Well, I think that's a good like compromise. It. Hey, thanks for calling, John. Have a great weekend. Sure. Bye bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Mark, if you can hang on, we'll be with you in just a couple of minutes. We're talking about uh, gas in Oregon and whether or not you like the idea that uh, you don't get a choice to whether or not to pump your own gas in most of Oregon. There's a new law that says if you live in certain rural areas with populations of 40,000 or fewer, um, you have an option. You can pump your own gas if, uh, if needed. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back. 786. That's 503-786-9390. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. Is aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back 49 minutes after 4 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're talking about Oregon's self-service gas, which is non-existent in most of the state, but with a new law that started on the 1st of January. In some rural areas with populations of 40,000 or fewer, you can pump your gas sometimes. So uh, we're asking you whether or not you support Oregon's uh, law that says in most of the state, you have to have it pumped for you. 503-786-9390 in Portland. 503-786-9390. Mark, you're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hello, Georgine. Hi, Mark. Born and bred here in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, I still believe in full service. You know, where they do your windows, they check your oil. Yeah. All that stuff. And we've gone away from that, and now they're talking self-service. We're uniquely Oregon. We don't pump our own gas, and we don't have sales tax. And all these people that don't like it, that have moved in here from other states, well, they can just move back home. It's those foreigners <laughs> moving in here. That's that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, us Oregonians have no problem with someone pumping our gas for us. In fact, I prefer it. Yeah, most of the time I prefer it, too. There are a few rare occasions when I'd like to move things along more quickly, and I might opt to get out of the car. But 99% of the time, I really like having someone else pump my gas. And I'm an Oregonian just like you, born and bred. The only time I want someone to pump my own gas is if I'm on a motorcycle, and I don't own a motorcycle, so. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> hey, thanks, Mark, and have a great weekend. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, and I'd, I'd get out of my car and pump every time if I lived in Hawaii like the previous caller. Um, because, yeah. You know, that, that's wind blowing through my hair, 80-degree day. I'll get out of my car every time. <laughs> you showed me during the break. What is it, a meme? Yeah, just of, a video meme from a, of a movie clip that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, has a bunch of people basically spraying gasoline in the air out of a gasoline <laughs> pump, and 
the the caption is uh, how they pump gas in Oregon. <laughs> I, so, I mean, they're, I, and I've shared it to the Georgine Rice Show, but uh, Facebook, Facebook page. page so. They're wielding the pump uh, over their the, the nozzle over their heads. There's gas f- flying everywhere. <laughs> I just want to interject something. When some of our callers have talked about wanting full service and all that, which you know is included, excuse me, you know, checking the oil and and uh, doing the windshield. You know, the windshield happens so infrequently now yeah. that I actually thank people for doing yeah. it. Oh, I do too. I yeah. mean. And it, it's it used to be it kind of faded out if you th- it, you know if you pull in you want hey I want ten dollars worth I want five dollars worth back when five dollars of gas was meaningful yeah uh, you know they they would still do your windshield eventually they didn't they would only do it on a Philip and now it occasionally uh, maybe, you'll see a, a, the brush or the squeegee off to one side where you're free to do it yourself yeah. but very yeah, rarely yeah. Does no someone... and and I it's a service I appreciate but yeah I've never I don't think I've literally ever had somebody ask. Can I check your oil? Can I check yeah, your fluids? Yeah, yeah consider never. this. No. Um, listeners of a certain age remember gas station attendance fondly, while millennials and even many in Generation X and the rest of the country outside New Jersey and Oregon may be wondering what you're talking about. We're always uh, we've always pumped our own gas. Well. Folks in Oregon were quite slow on the uptake, prohibiting self-service stations in the name of safety and the environment. And now now that the law has been mildly amended, and that's all that's been done, it's been mildly amended, many residents are losing their minds. Well, that's not really the case. Although some of the early responses to the Facebook post from um, Medford were a little, <laughs> I'm afraid of, you know, blowing myself up and the other thing it is, it does seem a little dramatic. Yeah, a lot of those posts, or at least some of them, were not real posts. There's, for example, one guy that posted everywhere that this discussion was taking place, and it wasn't a real uh, post. So there are a lot of people who are just kind of tongue in cheek, or they're trying to be sarcastic. So not everything that is purported to represent the views of Oregonians represents the rank and file Oregonian who's well. The other thing in line too is waiting we, for their we talk about people, gas to be pumped. We talk about people moving to the state. And you know, you think about the place where this law has been expanded. It they're not really hotbeds of <laughs> yeah. California imports and I think in it's those a, particular towns. I mean, it's um, they're mostly coming to Portland. Yeah, it's important to point out that this is the result of folks in those rural communities who Asking couldn't always get gas yeah. at certain times of the day or night, and they asked for this adjustment to the law in their area. So you're right; it, it's not really a and I, I I don't think Portland would go for this in no ever yeah it and a quick ever. a quick note we did get a caller who asked if this is going into effect in Portland and it's no, no. the county's no. too big Portland Beaverton Salem forty thousand yeah. people yeah. if your county has more than forty thousand people and I think almost all in Northwest Oregon which you know we are part of Northwest quadrant of the state all save two at the coast. Um, do not qualify for I think this. We're, we're kind of looking at everything east of Bend, generally. Mm-hmm. Like, generally, Bend yes. Bend is too big. And uh, and even in those areas, a lot of the gas stations said, look, we're going to continue right. doing what we've always done, um, so it's not going to have that much of an impact It is, it is there. mostly southeast Oregon and yeah. and and eastern Oregon that, mm-hmm. that is affected by this. Like I said, there's maybe two counties within an hour and a half of here to two hours from here that are affected. That's the closest... Yeah. Portland definitely does not have less than 40,000. Washington, Clackamas, none of those counties are affected. But if you're wondering, try to get out and pump your own gas and see what they say, or just sit in your car and wait, and if no one comes, well, then you know. Yeah, they, they <laughs> don't, I, I've seen people unknowingly try. Yes. It, uh, I will Sorry, say, sir, you can't do that. Oh, oh, I'm not sure what's funnier, the reaction of the attendant or the reaction of the person who is not expecting yeah. a verbal smackdown for getting out of his car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then there was me in Vancouver. You know, I was close to home, but not close enough, and I knew well, I, I had to get some gas, and I just stood there sort of um, in a befuddlement. confused state for about 15 minutes trying to figure out what to do, and I kind of looked around thinking someone's going to see this uh, confused look on my face and come over and say, okay, this is what you need to do. No one came, and so I had to try to figure well, that, out. There were no instructions. Yeah. I was in Vancouver about three weeks ago. I've been a couple of times, but I was up there. We took my dad out for his birthday up there, and... Um, as we were leaving, we I realized I needed gas because we were going to go right from there to the uh, the Winter Wonderland at the racetrack, mm-hmm. you know, the lights, the Christmas lights, and um, so I, I knew I wasn't really going to have much opportunity to get gas in between. So stopped at uh, at Vancouver gas station, uh, kind of on the river. It was cold, windy. It was at uh, Cold Snap. We had towards the beginning of December. It's about thirty degrees outside. The wind is whipping around. And I'm just like, I would do anything to be on the other side of the river right now. <laughs> so are we just wimps? Uh, in that scenario, I was definitely a wimp. I know that you have declared yourself to be an indoor pet, so I I, I am get an indoor that. pet in an outdoor world. <laughs> but for the rest of us, I, I, I don't know. And it's raining and, you know, it's sideways raining and it's cold and windy. Hey, I'm not going to apologize. I don't want to do it. Well, there you have it's it. It's okay. Real men don't have to. Yeah, really? I'm not, I don't have to. But, I'm going to feel you know. guilty about having someone so, else pump my gas. I don't feel guilty about it, but... Uh, well, I mean, what I mean is I'm not going to feel bad about myself. Yeah, yeah. Here's what one uh, person posted on Facebook when this Medford thing first came out. Mike Perone, I've lived in this state all my life, and I refuse to pump my own gas. I had to do it once in California while visiting my brother and almost died doing it. This is a service only qualified people should perform. I will literally park <laughs> at the pump and wait until someone pumps my gas. I can't even. Well, he later, when contacted, because his post appeared in a lot of different places, said, look, it was total sarcasm, which I'm guessing a lot of the posts have been. Uh, people saying that they're afraid to do it, that their lives would be in danger. They don't like to smell like gas and all those kinds of things. But Oregonians uh, like the idea that we don't have to pump our own gas. It does make us unique, along with New Jersey. And uh, as far as I can tell, we're not going to change anything anytime soon. But if you'd like to weigh in on whether or not you think... Uh, you'd like to pump your own gas. You've done it. You've had trouble doing it. Or you're from another area and say, look, come on, Oregonians, let's get it together. Give us a call at 503-786-9390. 503-786-9390 and weigh in. And actually, yeah, I'd love to hear from someone that says, hey, you guys, there's something wrong with you. Pumping your own gas is great. It's it's one of those things. It's kind of like, you know, like household chores. Yeah, we we can go out and hire a cleaning service to do a lot of them. Uh, but uh, the reality of it is most of us just do our chores. Yeah. Uh, do, do you enjoy washing windows, Clark? Nope. Do you enjoy vacuuming? A little. Okay, actually, that really doesn't surprise <laughs> me, to be honest. Um, but you get what I'm saying? Just we, a little. You know, it, yes. It, it, in general, dusting, not really, a, you know. No, no, I don't like that. And what you do know, you think about that um, that motorized vacuum thing? It's a little flat thing. Oh, the Roomba. The Roomba, or the we various had one versions of, those. of it. Unfortunately, it, it passed on to robot vacuum heaven, which doesn't exist and certainly isn't <laughs> theological. But uh, it, it did pass on a number of years but ago. But did it work? I mean, it, that little thing, where does all the dust go? There is a, there is a little bin in it. Um, a little bin. You haven't been bit. to my house. <laughs> I need a big bin. The way we had it programmed is we had it going out every day. Oh, well, there you go. And then you just empty it every day. So it's not picking up all that much each time round. And then we found usually about once a month we'd need to do a deep vacuum ourselves. But it cut it down to once a month. Mm-hmm. And we'd come home every day with a clean carpet. And it was actually huh. really cool. Uh, so it but really worked. It really works. It's uh, Yeah, I would... I would uh, 
if you have the means and the time and the ability or whatnot, uh, a ro- robot vacuum, that, that, that's on my list. All right. Hey, we've got news and traffic coming up at the top of the hour. I think, James, you have to I do. head out. Uh, thanks for joining us today Absolutely. and weighing in on this whole gas thing. Do you have a full tank or are you going to have to stop? You know, I've got home? a half a tank. I'll probably have to pick up some over the weekend, but I'm not crossing the river, so it'll be here in Oregon. All right. I had somebody pump my gas last night. Yeah, I'll probably mm-hmm. do that later this, uh, this weekend. To all the gas station attendants out there. We salute you. We salute you and say thank you. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Well, welcome to the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. Six minutes after five o'clock is our time. Clark Hilton is engineering today's program. James Blend is producing. Well, tomorrow is Epiphany, and that represents the day that the Magi arrived at the uh, at the manger scene. I know theologically you can argue when that happened, whether it was a an immediate uh, arrival or it happened sometime later. But we acknowledge that event, which is an historic event, on the 6th. I've left my Christmas lights up and on in the neighborhood until Epiphany, which is yep. uh, tomorrow. And I'll turn everything off uh, tomorrow. Sadly. Yeah, sadly. And uh, taking all the Christmas decorations down, things look so um, Normal barren. Again. <laughs> yeah, look at the house is so barren with... Uh, without all of that. Now, are you doing the same? Do you still have your Christmas stuff up? Yep. Until yep. I've been taking some of it down, so it's not such a major yeah. ordeal. But yeah, we're going to have to get it down. And that's not always a lot of fun either. It's a lot of packing stuff yes. away. And yeah, yeah. It's a lot more fun putting it up than it is uh, taking it all down. Um, last year, because of the very cold snap, and you might recall we had the snow oh, and the yeah. ice and all of that, I never did get the lights on my house taken down. I'm a little embarrassed to admit that, but they were up all season long. And did you turn them on in the summer? It I did not, mm. but they survived the, uh, the, the, the year with the exception of the lights on the garage, and I had to buy some new ones uh, for there and replace what, uh, what had been up. But otherwise, uh, the lights on the house, and then I put some on some of the shrubs. Those weren't left, but... It's been so fun having them on, but we'll take them all off uh, tomorrow at Epiphany, which reminds me on, um, let's see, it's Tuesday of next week. Pastor Rich Jones uh, is going to join us and continue a conversation we began before Christmas on uh, Jerusalem as Israel's capital. We're going to take a look at the biblical significance of that. He joined me a couple of days before the holiday to talk about the prophets and the Magi and all of that. And we're uh, going to continue that conversation as it relates to Jerusalem and recent events. So uh, plan on listening in. We'll probably have him on for a full hour. So looking forward to that conversation. Well, I noted that to Mary Horomansky uh, initially suspected that her family might have put the Christmas lights up when she uh, took a look and was stunned uh, when she saw the uh, the electric bill the electric bill for her household 284 billion dollars now can you imagine 284 billion dollars she lives in pennsylvania she thought our she, bill was high she yeah she went online to check her electric bill she was stunned at the amount of course who wouldn't be 284 billion dollars well the eerie times news reported that uh, she said that her eyes just uh, just about popped out of her head uh, when she saw the amount. She suspected that her family had put the Christmas lights up wrong. I'm not sure how wrong you'd have to put them up to get a $284 billion uh, electric bill. But the silver lining was that she didn't have to pay the full amount until November of 2018. So there you have it. Only $28,156 minimum payment was due for December. So there was the consolation. Well, um, Horomansky's son contacted the local electric provider 
who confirmed the error. The parent company uh, said the decimal point had accidentally moved and her new <laughs> amount was uh, quickly corrected to $284.46. So $284 billion went uh, to $284.46. So Still painful, but not nearly as much. Yeah, you won't I'm, have to take out a second and third mortgage to pay your electric <laughs> or bill. Or fourth and fifth. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little concerned about my electric bill. I... Um, went from having them on just maybe six hours a day till right around Christmas and right through tomorrow uh, from dusk till dawn. So I've actually left the house and the Christmas lights are still on. So a little concerned what that's going to uh, end up costing. Do you have LED lights? Most of them, but not all. I do have a few holdovers. You probably won't be paying that much. Yeah, well, hope springs eternal. Well, you know, in... um, much of the uh, country, the eastern part of the country, there's a lot of snow. What are they calling it? A, uh, a, a it's not a bomb. A, it's a a cycle, a bomb or something. A cyclone bomb or something to yeah. describe the cold weather. It's so cold in Florida, and lots of people, of course, there have never seen the snow. I saw a video earlier on one of the news programs of a little girl who lives in Florida. She's never seen snow, and she's running outside having a great time. This is from a couple of days ago, and she says, this is the best day of my life. Of course, children don't have to navigate in it or have anything to do with it, but it's so cold in Florida that iguanas are falling from their perches in suburban trees, and it's uh, kind of comical to see, although it's tragic at the same time. Temperatures dipped below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 5 degrees Celsius early Thursday in parts of South Florida, according to the National Weather Service in Miami. That's chilly enough to immobilize green iguanas that are common to the uh, Miami suburbs. Palm Beach Post columnist Frank... um, Sarabino tweeted a photograph of an iguana lying belly up next to his swimming pool and posted the image uh, on the uh, on Facebook. The cold-blooded creatures uh, native to Central and South America start to get sluggish when the temperatures fall below 50 degrees. So you can only imagine when it's 40 degrees um, uh, below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, One observer who oversees the non-native fish and wildlife program for the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation uh, Commission says they get a little bit sluggish, but don't assume that they're dead. If the temperatures drop below that, they freeze up. It's too cold for them to move. Uh, They would more likely starve than just um, freeze to death. They're not the only reptiles stunned by this week's cold snap there. Sea turtles, uh, they also stiffen up when the temperatures fall. The Wildlife Commission's biologists have been Um, rescuing cold-stunned sea turtles found floating listlessly on the water or near the shore. No such rescue is planned for the iguanas. Well-meaning residents finding stiffened iguanas are advised to leave them alone. Uh, They uh, may feel threatened and might bite once they uh, they uh, warm up uh, a little bit, if you you know a lot of people want to take them in or assume that they're already gone and throw them in a receptacle of some Not kind. Not you though. No, the iguana would just have to lay there until. <laughs> Some uh, somebody with very thick gloves and courage would come and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Green iguanas are an invasive species in Florida. They're known for eating through landscaping, digging burrows underneath the uh, infrastructure. They grow to up to five feet long, so you might have one fall out of a tree. It's you know not one of those little versions, and their droppings can be a potential source of Salmonella bacteria, which causes food poisoning. So they're kind of an unwelcome guest in the area. The Wildlife Commission has started holding workshops to train homeowners and property managers how to trap and manage manage the iguanas in their neighborhoods. They may be easier to catch this week than uh, any other time, but uh, you might uh, take advantage of the opportunity since they are slow moving. It provides an opportunity to capture some, but I'm not sure it's going to be cold enough 
uh, for long enough to make enough of a difference, says, again, the wildlife uh, professional. And in most cases, uh, they're going to warm back up, move around again, unless they're euthanized and that they're not advising people to do that. Anyway, a two-week uh, cold snap with temperatures below 40 degrees, and that uh, constitutes a cold snap <laughs> there. Five degrees Celsius in uh, 2010 killed off many of the iguanas along the with uh, Burmese pythons and other invasive pests that thrive in South Florida's subtropical climate. Those populations have since rebounded, as they often do elsewhere in Florida. The effects of a brutal winter storm rolling up on uh, the East Coast were less exotic. It snowed briefly on Wednesday in the state's capital, Tallahassee, uh, for the first time in 28 years. But it, it has done it before. It's just 28 years ago. Some of the headlines that uh, have dominated uh, many of the news programs and uh, newspapers and magazines had to do with the uh, book that was released earlier uh, today, an earlier release than originally anticipated, despite the cease and desist order that was attempted by the uh, Trump administration. One of the most entertaining excerpts circulated from uh, Michael Wolff's explosive tell-all was a passage describing President Trump supposedly watching a guerrilla channel for hours on end. Well, the excerpt, of course, was a parody and wasn't actually from the book Fire and Fury, uh, but it managed to fool plenty of uh, critics anyway, with MSNBC contributor and others initially appearing to treat the passage as legitimate. The Fire and Fury fake-out clearly exploited an environment where journalists were hastily tweeting excerpts as they devoured the uh, salacious book filled with uh, alleged anecdotes of aides trashing the president and Trump himself munching through uh, cheeseburgers in his bedroom while glued to uh, multiple TVs with the uh, firestorm. Twitter users uh, sent out uh, the spoof expert excerpts as well as if uh, they were true. And now the author has uh, admitted that, well, he can't uh, confirm that everything he wrote about is true which is why most of these salacious books, um, you have to take them with a grain of salt. There's some truth to them, a lot of untruth, uh, very likely. But this is uh, the one that everyone's reading for the next uh, couple of weeks anyway. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on a, well, fairly fun Friday afternoon. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back 18 minutes after 5 o'clock. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Clark Hilton is engineering today's program and weighing in from time to time as well. We opened the program earlier today talking about the fact that Oregon has been the laughing stock of the country. A lot of people have uh, really enjoyed poking fun of the fact that Oregonians uh, don't pump their own gas. In fact, don't have the option until the 1st of January when counties with 40,000 residents or fewer were given the freedom to uh, pump their own gas. Now, a lot of the stations in those areas have said, hey, we've pumped the gas before. We're going to continue to do that. So I'm not sure it's going to make that much of a change. But these counties have said, look, we need some flexibility. It's hard to keep some of these stations manned. And it would be very helpful if folks uh, would be able to uh, pump their own gas when needed. So that has been the case. Uh, But Medford, a station in Medford posted on Facebook um, the the question, should Oregonians uh, pump their own gas? And that began a very long and, um, well, unflattering series of posts that uh, wasn't limited to Facebook or social media. It's been on late night television and the news programs, national and otherwise, all um, poking fun of Oregon for uh, failing along with New Jersey to pump its own gas. Uh, Earlier, we invited uh, listeners to weigh in on this whole idea of uh, pumping our own gas and whether or not we think we're proud of that, uh, that whole thing or uh, we would prefer to uh, have the option or perhaps we should just go the way of the rest of the country and 
uh, pump your own gas. I think the consensus in here, Clark, with the three of us was that we're perfectly satisfied with uh, not having to pump our own gas. I wouldn't. I think uh, so. Wouldn't mind the option if if that were the only uh, the time case, is but, when I'm in a hurry and there's a line yeah. of uh, You're twenty at the pump and twenty people and there's one attendant yeah yeah I mean that would be a, a nice option but yeah. I don't I don't mind it uh, staying the way it is uh, one caller from Hawaii um, where they pump their own gas really made me think about uh, living in a warmer climate and how how I wouldn't mind pumping the gas if uh, you know you had a pretty reliable warm, breezy, beautiful environment to step out of your car into most of the year, uh, as was the case for him when he lived back there. But uh, he's seizing the opportunity now to connect with the uh, uh, with the attendants um, and yeah. has made the most of the, the new arrangement here in Oregon. I'll tell you, though, I've pumped my own gas quite a bit in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, it may be nice outside, but it's still <laughs> pumping gas. Yeah. Anyway, if you'd like to weigh in on that, we want to give you an opportunity. I think the consensus was we're Oregonians. This is how we do it with a few who said, yeah, I wouldn't mind pumping my own gas or at least having the option to do so. 786-9390. The number is 503-786-9390. Do you mind being the laughingstock of the country? Oregon uh, once again distinguishing itself as being, well, other. Uh, 503-786-9390. Or if you have a uh, pump-your-own-gas story to tell, we shared some of ours, a little embarrassing (laughs) efforts to uh, pump the gas, at least when you do it for the first time or two. And I admitted that I stood at a a, a gas station in uh, Vancouver, just outside of Vancouver, uh, completely unsure of what to do. I mean, I know the nozzle goes into the car, but I didn't know how to get it started. There was no one there to to tell me, and I was uh, baffled for about 15 minutes before I finally sort of figured it out. I couldn't figure out how to pay for it. There were no posted instructions at that time, so it was a bit of an embarrassment. Fortunately, uh, I didn't uh, appear on social media, to my knowledge, and so my humiliation was private until this moment in which I've confessed it. But anyway, if you have a story to tell about uh, pumping gas in Oregon, or for that matter, elsewhere, 503-786-9390, 503-786-9390. Well, at the end of a year and the beginning of a new one, there are always uh, efforts to try to sort of clean things up. And there are words that have been banned for the new year. One of them is not a word, but a phrase, fake news. Yeah, good luck getting rid of that one. Um, uh, Another is the Trumpian Twitter typo, Kofefe, which um, was all the rage for about a minute or two. Oh, it went on longer than that. Well, just a figure (laughs) of speech. Uh, Anyway, um, here's uh, what one... uh, One writer uh, put it, kind of using some of these uh, phrases, would a story that unpacks a list of tiresome words and phrases be impactful, which is one of my least favorite words, it's not really a word impactful, or a nothing burger? Worse, could it just be fake news? Well, those are a few of the words that uh, uh, some would like to ban in 2018. Northern Michigan Lake Superior State University on Sunday released its 43rd annual list of words banished from the Queen's English for misuse, overuse, or general uselessness. The tongue-in-cheek, non-binding list of 14 words or phrases comes from thousands of suggestions to the Assault Marie School. Uh, This year's list includes the following, and we'll get right to the phones. They are, let me ask you this, unpack, impactful, one of my least favorite words, nothing burger, tons, dish, drill down, let that sink in, and the top vote-getter, fake news. So if you want to be um, hip, 
don't use these uh, these words. The others are pre-owned, onboarding or offboarding, gig economy, and the redundant hot water heater. Hot heater redundant. Also on the list was Trumpian Twitter typo Kofefe, as I mentioned. Earlier, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. One doesn't really know. Anyway, we're talking about gas in Oregon. We don't pump our own unless you live in one of the rural areas that, as of January 1st, uh, now have the freedom to do so. What do you think? 503-786-9390 in Portland or toll-free 800-845-2162. Sandra, you're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hi, yes. I love not having to pump my own gas, and I think that makes special. And you know, when you're special, people always want to pop, um, pop fun at you. So, so be it. We're special. <laughs> there you go. People just, they envy us, I think. Yes. Let's go That's with that. I... <laughs> hey, appreciate the call, Sandra. Welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to encourage you to go to the Georgine Rice Show Facebook page. Um, James posted a video from a movie in which um, it's supposed to be actual footage of Oregonians pumping their own gas. It's hilarious. I actually laughed out loud. Jeremiah, you're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hello, this is, uh, yeah, this is Jeremiah. <laughs> okay. What do you think? I got part of the name in there when you talked about it. Okay. Uh, so the, the thing that I have a concern with is that, you know, we pump our own gas and the price stays the same. If huh. someone were to pump it, or if we had to pump our own, would it actually go down? And I don't think it would. The other side is that I used to ride a motorcycle, and for motorcyclists, we're used to pumping our own gas no matter where we are. Ah, so an attendant doesn't pump the gas of a motorcycle? No, nope, because uh, the chances are they're going to spill the gas on the nicely painted fuel tank. Ah, so there's a concession made for bikers. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Very much so. Hey, appreciate the call, Jeremiah. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you, Georgine. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Now, I, you look like you wanted to weigh in on that, I car. just, I think he's right. I don't think the prices go down at all. You, I, gasoline is taxed everywhere, it mm-hmm. seems. So, you know, Washington, you pump your own gas. I've been in a number of places in Washington where the gas is more expensive than it is in Oregon at the same time, you know. Obviously, we're both the same distance away generally from refineries, yeah. so that's not a, a part of it. So, yeah, I don't think I, – I think that's a misconception. Your gas price will not go down if we ever come a, become a pump-your-own-gas state. Well, and that begs the question, why would I pump my own gas if I can get it at the same price and not yeah. have to leave the comfort of my um, climate-controlled cab? Why would I uh, pump my own gas? That's a good uh, – very good point. All right, we're going to take a break here um, in a few uh, minutes. In a few minutes, uh, but we're talking about uh, the laughing stock that Oregon has become over the last few days, following a, a Facebook post from a station in uh, Medford uh, suggesting that Oregonians might want to reconsider pumping their own gas. And of course, that was a response to the new law uh, that was passed by the Oregon legislature back in May, signed by the governor in June. Uh, that would allow uh, counties uh, with 40,000 residents or fewer to uh, have the freedom, the, the choice to pump their own gas. Uh, part of the reason is it's difficult in some of these rural areas to staff a station, you know, full time. And so um, uh, while some of the station owners said that we're going to continue to provide the service to our customers in other areas, uh, it's an absolute necessity if you're out in the middle of, I don't want to say nowhere because it is somewhere, 
uh, and there's no one to staff the station, you still can get the gas that you might need. Anyway, asking whether or not you are proud of the fact that Oregon, for the most part, uh, does not allow you to pump your own gas. If you'd like the choice, as some listeners suggested, they would prefer. Uh, or if uh, we just are, as um, the earlier caller pointed out, we are special and we are the envy of the rest of the country, we and um, New Jersey. 503-786-9390, 503-786-9390, or toll-free 1-800-845-2162. Well, scientists, and I know this is the time of the year that uh, a lot of people are making uh, New Year's resolutions. Scientists have come up with something that might be helpful to you. We'll get into that a little bit later in the, uh, in the program. Bonnie, you're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Um, people seem to forget that we voted in. We don't want to pump our own gas. We, we voted for that before. Why would we change it now? Do you, want your, do you want your daughter or daughter-in-law with their three children in the car out pumping gas or your, your mother out pumping gas in the weather? I don't. Well, you're absolutely right. Oregonians have said many times we do not want to pump our own gas. Now, this exception that's been made uh, was the result of some rural areas saying, look, it's really tough to man our stations at, you know, at all hours. It would be helpful to us. So it's an exception under extraordinary circumstances. But Oregonians have said, no, we, we like our current arrangements. So you're right. Why change it? There's no clamor for a uh, for uh, the populated areas uh, to have any change at all. Well, I have to agree with that. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, thanks, Bonnie. Bye-bye. Let's, uh, let's try to get Maria in before we go to break. Good afternoon, Maria. You're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hi there. Hi. I just wanted to say that I love not having to pump my own gas. <laughs> I've been... Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I just wanted to say that I love... not. Not having to pump my own gas. Well, I, I think you're in good company in Oregon. I think most of us would say that that's the case for us as well. Yes, um, I've been. I've we've traveled as a family to California, and we've been stuck in the middle of the night, uh, pouring rain, and having to get off and pour and pump gas. So you know, it's that's one of the good benefits that we have here in Oregon, and I wouldn't like to lose that. It's a nice luxury and convenience that we enjoy while others do not. Yes. <laughs> hey, thank you, Maria. Agree. <laughs> Have a great you. weekend. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. I think there's a, a consensus. We're going to get to Deborah in just a moment. But first, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. And if you'd like to weigh in, you can call us at 503-786-9390. Are you happy that Oregonians, for the most part, given the new law, have the, the gas pumped for them? Or would you like to see that change? Are we wimps here or what? We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back 36 minutes after 5 o'clock. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're talking about to Oregon that has become the laughingstock of the nation because we don't pump our own gas. Now, the law changed in some areas, some small rural communities, but uh, we're inviting you to weigh in on what you think about Oregon's uh, aversion to pumping its own gas. Deborah, you're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hi. Um, I just wanted to find a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that one call a little about, uh, you know, people being jealous and everything. But also we have a little bit of everything that people love. That's why they all come here. And in the last 20 years, we've seen a lot of changes here in Oregon that have uh, been acceptable uh, whether we do accept it or not. But I am an Oregon born person. 
And um, with that being said, I also am a professional. And in those days, back in when I was growing up, that was an honor to be a gas pump. And people took pride in that. Everybody took pride in their in their jobs. And I, and to me, I see that as a professional that uh, those gas pumpers do take pride. They know the safety. They know the precautions. They know their MSDS uh, labeling. Uh, they also have their own training that they have to go through to be safe. And not all of us general public, we don't really uh, know those precautions because we've never had to deal with that here. And um, that's people's jobs. And once we stop doing that, that's going to be a lot of people in the unemployment line again. Mm. Now, you know, some of our some of the uh, folks who live outside of Oregon are just laughing at the idea that there we have to be careful and take safety precautions um, because they're doing it all the time. What do you say yeah. to, to folks who think, well, you're, you're just naive about what it, what's required to pump gas? No, it, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with uh, those people, like, again, like I said, they take pride in what they're doing. That's their job. It's not that yeah. we're afraid. It's not that we care if we get a spill on our shoe or, you know, smell like gas. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with a professional job. That well, there you go. Yeah. So, so let's give a little respect to the gas station attendants. That's right. That's right. I like it. Hey, thanks, Deborah. Have a great weekend. You're welcome. Thank you to you as well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Let's, uh, let's talk to Eric. Good afternoon, Eric. You're on the Georgine Rice Show. Hello, Georgine. Hi, and, Eric. Um, thank, thanks for your show. I really appreciate it. I enjoy listening to it. Oh, thank you. Um, I just wanted to give a little bit different perspective. I, uh, like a previous caller, ride a motorcycle a fair amount, and I appreciate being able to pump gas for that. I also have a, a, a diesel pickup, and I'm allowed to pump my own gas in that. Oh, really? Uh, both, yeah, both of which I really appreciate doing because um, I may be slightly type A, and I don't like waiting for the attendant to get around to uh, pumping <laughs> my gas, so I feel like I can get in and out a lot faster if I do it myself. So why are you allowed to pump? Uh, I get the motorcycle, but why the diesel? Is it because it's off to one side, or why do you get a, an exception you know, there? I I don't know, but I think it may have to do with the fuel itself or the weight of the vehicle. I, I'm not really sure, you know, how the rule reads on that. But you're just but, glad uh, that uh, you can pump it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say is I've spent some time in the middle of the night in other states and been really happy to find a gas station that wasn't otherwise open, but still because of credit cards and the ability to pump your own, I could get gas when otherwise I would have been sleeping in the car. Yeah, and that's uh, the argument that was made in these rural areas that are now allowed in in Oregon uh, to have the pumps available for folks who need gas when there's no one attending. So, you know, I... I, like others, you know, I have a wife, I have daughters, I have a mother, and uh, I think it's great that you can have somebody pump your gas, but I just wonder if it isn't better to have uh, both, you know, the option of doing your own. Yeah, someone earlier made that suggestion who is a, a transplant to Oregon who thought he'd like to have the option. And there are situations in which I would like to just get out and pump it while I'm waiting for the two attendants to service the eight yeah. cars that are lined up. So <laughs> yeah, maybe exactly. the best of both worlds. Hey, thanks for calling, Eric, and have a great weekend. You betcha. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Well, I think the consensus is we appreciate uh, having the uh, the freedom to stay in the cab of the car while the gas is being pumped. But mm-hmm. a few of us would like to have the option on occasion. So I think things are going to stay precisely the way they are for now in most of Oregon. And uh, for those who live in the rural areas where the uh, the new law allows them to pump their own gas, it gives them the, the freedom to do what they need to do to get around in the off hours when the stations are not manned. So I think we've solved everything. I think we have. I think, What's <laughs> I think next? we've resolved the whole thing. <laughs> I did mention earlier, uh, this is a time of year when there are resolutions being made. And uh, apparently scientists uh, could soon develop an injection to curb junk food cravings. Huh? Uh, an inject- I'm not sure I want the injection. I'm not sure I like I the idea. You, yeah, if you hear the pharmaceutical commercials on television, they're always interesting. They solve some major medical issue. And then it's followed by the, you know, the the issue itself takes maybe 20 seconds. And then the next 30 seconds are the list of possible side effects. If you do this, you know, one of them is, you know, oftentimes death. Are you (laughs) (laughs) if you're constantly dieting but struggling with incessant cravings? There's good news. Scientists are working on an injection that blocks your hunger for junk food. Now, it apparently distinguishes junk food from other foods that you might crave. And in doing so, it can help you slim down by stopping you from eating as much. Now, self-discipline and self-control apparently are obsolete. And this injection, I'd love to hear the laundry list of side effects, has also been shown to reduce the risk of obesity-related diseases like diabetes in fat monkeys. More good news. A protein... GDF-15 has been found to naturally regulate body weight in humans and animals when it's injected uh, into mice and made them eat less, lose weight, according to New Scientist, the publication uh, that featured the report. Several teams have tried to use it as uh, an obesity treatment before, uh, but were unsuccessful uh, as the, uh, pers- the protein rather broke down too quickly in the body uh, for it to have any effect. But now a team of uh, pharmaceutical company uh, Armgen, I think that's right, or Amgen, uh, they found a way to make it last longer in the body. So, you know, you wait around long enough, they're going to come up with something to resolve uh, any issue uh, one might struggle with. So uh, put an end to craving junk food. Hmm. I wonder how they define junk food. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, science. Anything that tastes Marches good. on. Marches on. All right. In just a few moments, we're going to take a look at what's coming up next week on the program, some of the guests we're working on. And of course, we're going to cover the news as it uh, has developed over the weekend and breaks uh, next week. It's always uh, it's always fun on Monday to sit down at the computer. I, I sort of fast from the news over the weekend. I'm not reading the newspaper. I'm not uh, perched in front of the uh, cable news networks. I figure I can I can catch up, but you kind of put things into perspective when you step away for a little while. But we'll try to bring you up to date on some of those developing stories, some of which began earlier today and will certainly be relevant uh, next week. But we also have a lineup of guests that I think uh, you'll find relevant and helpful on a number of uh, issues related to your faith, putting things into perspective as it relates to um, our country's Uh, disposition uh, with uh, Israel and its capital and some other issues. So we'll let you know uh, who some of those guests will be and uh, what books uh, we're going to be covering as well. So we're looking forward to that. All right. Anything else to report here before we go to break, Clark? I think that covers it. Yeah. We, I remember we started out the show talking about New Year's resolutions. Yeah. You never got to me. Oh, did you have one? No. I apologize. No, no, but... uh... (laughs) Okay, you just felt left well, no, out. No, you were you were asking James yeah. if he had them, and then uh, I was just going to tell you we don't, but we have what we call the joy jar. Oh, 
I remember that from yeah. last year. I love yeah. that. We did that again this year. Basically, we've got a mason jar that sits in the kitchen next to a notepad, and any time during the year when something gives us joy, we write it down and we put it in the mason jar. And uh, the jar gets filled up significantly throughout the year, hopefully, right? Yeah. And on New Year's Eve, my wife and I uh, empty them out on the couch or wherever and read them back to each other. That is so cool. How many times did you mention... Uh, engineering the Georgine Rice Show is just the joy of your life. It, it just made getting up in the morning worthwhile. How many yeah, times I was that? I mentioned that, in that there? at least six, seven hundred times. <laughs> That's why. Sometimes I twice up. a day, you know, <laughs> fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's fun. And last year was a difficult year for a lot of people. It was mm. difficult for us too. But it was amazing how many great things still happened. You know, it's interesting when you do these year in review things. Uh, when you start in in uh, January of last year, how many things you've forgotten that happened? They were big news. Everybody was talking about it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, a year later, you've forgotten. That joy jar is a great reminder of the things that you were joyful about that we so easily forget. And I think last year I said, we're going to do that. And I neglected to do it. We're going to do that this year. Well, you can get started. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's only the 5th of January. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. And uh, your name will come up a couple of times, I, I guarantee you. Wow. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to the final segment of the Friday edition of The Georgine Rice Show, the first full week, well, not quite full, of 2018. Well, on Monday, we are anticipating a conversation with Annette Safstrom. She is the author of Sustainable Children's Ministry, From Last-Minute Scrambling to Long-Term Solutions. Now, I am a third-generation Sunday school teacher. My grandmother was an excellent Sunday school teacher, and a lot of the kids who were older than I um, were taught under her leadership. And she had a reputation in the church I grew up with, with uh, grew up in rather, with having a, a great ability to connect with uh, with young people. My mom, she was a Sunday school teacher, and she was one of my Sunday school teachers from time to time. She did a great job. So my sister and I, we also. Uh, grew up and became Sunday school teacher. So I'm looking forward to a conversation about what she's calling sustainable children's ministry. I remember the last minute scrambling, and I was pretty young when I began teaching Sunday school, but long-term solutions and planning is going to be the subject of our conversation. So those of you who are committed to ministering to children, this will be a great opportunity for you to uh, hear more about that. And of course, we'll cover the day's events as the news unfolds. And my guess is, given some of the news stories that uh, developed today, there's going to be a lot to talk about on Monday. God help us. On Tuesday, we're going to talk with uh, Pastor Rich Jones. We're really continuing a conversation that began just before Christmas. He and I had a uh, discussion on some of the elements of uh, the Magi who were a part of the Christmas story, where they fit into all of that, and also the prophets uh, that were uh, that foretold of the events of the, the coming of the Messiah, the birth of Christ. So we're going to continue our conversation on another element that came up in the course of that conversation, and that is the biblical significance of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. As you uh, probably recall, the president announced that the United States is going to acknowledge Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Now, it is Israel's capital. Everyone knows that, but no nation has been willing to place their um, their diplomats in Jerusalem for reasons I don't need to go into at this time. But we're going to talk about not just the diplomatic implications of that, the security implications, the 
the um, effort to reignite peace talks. We're going to look at the biblical significance of that decision by our president and more importantly, uh, the decision by many other countries uh, not to do likewise. So that's coming up on Tuesday with Pastor Rich Jones. We're probably going to take a full hour uh, on that. He has tremendous insight into what the scriptures have to say as it relates to Jerusalem and Israel, even now in the 21st century. And then on Wednesday, Paul Kentz will be one of my guests. He's the author of Oswald Chambers, A Life in Pictures. Now, I know what you're thinking. How are you going to talk about a book that's a life in pictures of Oswald Chambers? Well, obviously, we won't just describe. But here he is sitting on a chair with his left foot crossed over the other. We're going to talk about the life of Oswald Chambers. But this is a really interesting book in that it uh, provides you with a pictorial history of his life, his work and his ministry and his wife, whose uh, story is uh, important to his. So I'm looking forward to that. And of course, you uh, can uh, pick up the book and enjoy that as well. I know lots of people still enjoy My Utmost for His Highest. It's a daily devotional that many of my friends uh, still today um, uh, use in their daily devotionals. So Oswald Chambers' story, his life, uh, I think will be of great interest to many. On Thursday, we'll talk with Anthony Davenport. He's the author of Your Score, an insider's secrets to understanding, controlling, and protecting your credit score. How do you get the score? How do you adjust it? What can you do to improve it? If you uh, have a question about whether or not some of the information is accurate, most of us have no idea uh, not only what the credit score means and how it, they derive at a particular number, but how widespread it's used and how it impacts uh, things beyond whether or not I can get a credit card or I can get a loan to buy a house. It can uh, reflect on whether or not you're hired for a position. There's just a lot. Uh, that it uh, impacts. And this book is going to help educate us on what the credit score is uh, and the secrets to understanding it, controlling it, protecting your credit score. All very important things, as you'll recall earlier, or I should say late last year, since we're now into the new year, late last year, one of the major, one of the three major uh, credit score agencies was hacked and that information made uh, made public. How it's going to be misused and whether or it's going to be misused is still an open question. So looking forward to talking with Anthony Davenport. Again, his uh, book, Your Score, An Insider's Secret to Understanding, Controlling and Protecting Your Credit Score. So that's... um that's the lineup for next week. I uh, had a great time um, celebrating the holidays, anticipating the new year. We're looking ahead to uh, a year here on the program in which we're going to invite you to be more engaged in conversation uh, through the course of uh, much as was the case today as we uh, navigate through the events that will unfold in the months ahead. 2017 was certainly a challenging year. And if you had the opportunity to listen in yesterday afternoon in the second hour of the program to the SRN review of 2017, you're reminded of some of the contentious issues that dominated headlines and much of the conversation that took place all across uh, the country. Well, this year promises to be just as contentious. Uh, whether or not there are as many natural disasters and violent events, we don't know, but chances are we're going to see much of the same kinds of headlines that we saw in 2017. Hopefully we're better prepared um, spiritually for the challenges ahead, and we see that there are greater opportunities for us to reflect the uh, the love of Christ, the character of Christ, uh, to take seriously the invitation and the charge to pray for those who are in positions of authority, because the truth is we have some um, some 
uh, power, but very little power to influence what happens. We have elections and those are absolutely necessary. It's a privilege to participate in them, but we cannot uh, dictate the outcome. And oftentimes the outcomes um, differ dramatically from what our preferences might have been. But in even in those circumstances, we're called upon to pray for those in positions of authority and trust that God uh, will intervene uh, as he often does in the affairs of men. So looking forward to 2018, another year of uh, excitement. And uh, we're going to be focusing on many of the stories behind the headlines, not just in terms of political developments, but how God is at work in places here in this country and abroad where it's not expected, where you don't uh, you don't see uh, perhaps what's happening, but it's a reminder that God is sovereign and we can trust him even when things are a bit confusing from our vantage point. So looking forward to a great year and uh, hearing you throughout the year uh, weigh in on some of these uh, important issues. So hope you uh, will plan to uh, to join us. Now, as was the case in 2017, Clark Hilton is engineering today's program and will throughout the year. We're certainly hoping James Blend producing today's program and uh, throughout the year and uh, looking forward to collaborating on a number of, uh, of stories. We'll try to bring to your attention some of the, the notable books that are, are being published. I don't know if the latest uh, headline that's been um, uh, the, the latest book that's been uh, released that's occupying much of uh, the nation's attention. If we'll get to that, uh, we tend not to cover the more salacious books, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, as we uh, discussed a bit earlier, there's a lot of uh, information, misinformation and speculation about the book. But uh, we'll try to bring you some of the more relevant um, books in the days ahead as part of our uh, charge here to cover what's happening all across the country. Well, I want to thank you for listening to The Georgine Rice Show. It's always a pleasure, and it's uh, we appreciate that you make The Georgine Rice Show part of your day. Hope you will join us on uh, Monday, and in the meantime, hope that you'll have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.